gestating the curious minds involves adult themes and situations. Just a warning. Gertrude. Yes, Glenn. We're podcasting. Do you want to introduce the show? No. (laughs) (laughs) What are you planning on doing? Welcome to Gestating the Curious Minds, where you would be surprised to find out how popular we were on (laughs) LiveJournal. We're your entertainers, Glenn and Gertie Nuzzles. Allow us to shine a light on the process of creation for the most splendiferous fiction genre, paranormal smut. Hmm. So we are uh, getting into brainstorming chapter two. But to uh, wet your beak a little bit. Ooh, wet your beaks. Glenn has written up chapter one, uh, and we'd love to share that with you now. Heck yeah, we would. But before we do that, I just want to remind you about the kind of world that I dragged you to. right. Uh, The Midwest. Here in the Midwest, uh, you've been here getting yourself settled, moving in, hanging pictures up. Not really. Not yet. But uh, other things. (laughs) (laughs) So I won't allow you to put things in my home. Driving to Costco. Going to the DMV several times. Exactly. I know. Oh, you had your own experience. We shouldn't talk too much about our personal lives, but your DMV experience, (laughs) the test you had to take was hilarious. (laughs) I had to take a written knowledge test again in order to get my Minnesota driver's license. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I hadn't taken one for 15 years, but I figured, you know, I've been driving so long, I'm sure I could get it right. It's all. Co- it should all be common sense. It should be, but it's not. No, I failed spectacularly. Yeah, uh, by so a large margin. <laughs> I come home and uh, Glenn's oldest, who had recently gotten their license, was sweet enough to offer. Uh, an app that I could use, and anytime we were curious about what a question meant or why the answer was what it was, mm-hmm. she was able to to talk to us about it. So that was really helpful. Do and you I remember did any ask. of the questions? There was a couple questions that you pointed out where I'm like, I don't know the answer to that because I remember, like, yeah. for them, for my oldest, there was questions like, how many beers equals a shot of vodka? I'm like, how the, how does that matter when you're driving? There weren't... The only question about drinking um, was uh, what are what, what are the best ways to sober up? And then it was like... That was know, one of them? Black coffee, exercise, and the correct answer is time, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sure. Which I know from experience. <laughs> and <laughs> I like how you looked down when you said that. Ooh, you really went to a dark place for a minute there. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Anyway... Um, no, the one that really got me, uh, it was a true or false question the first time I was taking this test. True or false? It is illegal to make a left turn at a red light unless you're on a one-way road turning left at that red light onto a one-way road that allows traffic in that direction. And somehow that's legal. It's true. Yes. I guess it makes sense. Like when you when you take a right on a red, it's kind of the same concept. Yeah. Yeah. But I would have never guessed that. I would sit there like a sucker waiting for the light to change. It was. It's really bizarre because I read it and I was like, "Oh, this is a gimme." Of course, left on a red light, absolutely not. Yeah. You know, sure, that's that's illegal. They're like, nope, it's legal. Yeah, well, you, you didn't think it. it through, and that's the reason why you failed the first time. But you <laughs> passed the second time with flying clothes. Uh, didn't anyone, like, uh, they all I applauded did, yeah. when you were leaving. They applauded. They? Yeah, exactly. they did. They but said, they were you really know, nice we've... the first time when you failed. They were so nice. <laughs> they were so nice. I had a great DMV experience. Well, in any case, uh, another thing about living here is uh, 
I got on nextdoor.com for the first time in like a while and uh, and I was totally dying laughing at the posts that you get from people here in the Midwest. So one of the posts is from James M in, uh, in a certain neighborhood. I'm not going to say out loud because I don't want people to stalk me. He says, hey, everyone, there's a few things that grind my gears more than scammers. And I just wanted people to be aware of one I witnessed today. There was a man seemingly playing the violin outside of a Trader Joe's off of a certain crossroad. And uh, upon closer inspection, he was faking it. Oh, he's <laughs> pretending to play the electric violin over a backing track. But he's uh, not playing at all. Oh, I, uh, I asked him if he took requests, but he pretended not to understand me. <laughs> Further, anytime he stopped playing, he has to pause the entire track so people wouldn't see that the violin audio continued without his hands moving. Dot, dot, dot. It enrages me to see someone try to take credit for talent that isn't theirs. Please don't give this fraud money. Why does this sound like an I think you should leave sketch? It does, doesn't it? It totally does. And the whole sketch is just someone trying to get him to get caught. Yeah. (laughs) Well, all right. uh, So we wrote out chapter one. Uh, after the last episode where we uh, came up with the concepts of what we're going to do. And um, and so now it's a matter of uh, I wrote it out and then you went over it and we went through a fine tooth comb, make sure we didn't miss anything. I love and it. Then uh, so now we're going to read chapter one and now we're going to brainstorm chapter two right afterwards. Perfect. Hence the rest of our show uh, for the next season. Uh, chapter one, John Stith Pemberton laid back in his naga-hide chair as he unfolded his newspaper. Ah, the Boston News Letter. Uh, the first continuously published newspaper here in the United States of America in the year 1704. There, we've established <laughs> the time. I'm sure this will be very exciting in italics. Oh, he leafed through each page, taking interest in the bold headlines as they leapt to his attention. The English and Dutch troops occupied Gibraltar? Well, that's exciting, he exclaimed. John Locke, famous English physician and philosopher, died today? And, oh no, 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 Pierre-Charles Lesueur, world-renowned French-American fur trader and explorer, died today. Well, that's a shame. (laughs) And he had so much more to give to the world, he said with a heavy heart before adding, Oh, yeah, Benjamin Heath, English scholar and author, was born today. Well, that'll pan out for the rest, I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm glad that we love our own That's stuff. That's a stroke of brilliance, <laughs> right? I love it so much. Well, he said, folding the paper on his lap and smiling quietly to himself, "That's enough excitement for me today." But something on the back side of the paper caught his eye. It was an illustration of a laughing fish contorting its body as it rose from the ashes of a burning log. With my fertilizer, all your crops can get wet. It said. <laughs> John's eyes widened at the idea of his. Uh, petunias, finally being as thick and lush as he always fought for in his mountain home. He lifted the page closer, taking in the inviting smile and the twist of the fish when the bat on his neck took crap on his loose (laughs) silken blouse. It was five years ago when the bat had first introduced himself into his life. Back then, he was what the common people called a man about town. Oh, playboy. And he took pride in his appearance. Oh, he spent hours waxing his long, intrusive mustache. And actually, uh, my oldest, Audrey, uh, I said, how do I describe his mustache? Intrusive. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Combing out his full honeyed beard. He had the upper body of a man who looked like he regularly chopped wood. He had a, a glandular problem. 
where his chest was always glistening with the, with the sweat breaking through his shirt. And his mother used to worry as he tried to hide it as a boy. Uh, but as an adult, he intentionally wore fabrics that would absorb and accentuate these problem areas. His legs were thin. Scandalously thin. <laughs> the kind of thin that let eligible women know that he hadn't stood up in his life for more than walking across the room to get another croissant on those tiny, creamy feet. <laughs> the women loved it. Oh, they flocked to him, preening and jostling for his attention. And he played it up to his benefit. The inheritance from his uncle was starting to wear thin, and he needed to attach himself to a woman of means while he was still marketable. Uh, he didn't like that his uh, entrepreneurial attempts at corn husk innovations had fallen through, and all he could rely on was his body to maintain <laughs> his way of life. But it had only been his only option. That's what he met Mary Ann Watercress, <laughs> the daughter of the wealthy Watercress family. Oh, she was beautiful. And he had opportunities with more attractive women of lesser financial means. But what she lacked in her equine face, she made up with the palest of forehead, hinting at her lack of direct sunlight. <laughs> it was, in fact, <laughs> she only seemed to venture outside in the late evening or the twilight, as evidenced by all the bug bites covering her skin. <laughs> Delicious. Her breasts were lumpy and large like enormous muffins. And her feet were small. Oh, so small. So creamy. Like... Like little custards. <laughs> <laughs> he had spent weeks trying to woo... I love that we're laughing at our own shit. He had spent weeks trying to woo her. Uh, she wasn't hard to win over. Men didn't entertain marriage with her, and her father was pushing her out with anyone that uh, seemed receptive. Finally, while swatting mosquitoes on a bench in a peach grove at dusk, he leaned in to kiss her. Oh, she closed her swollen eyelids and leaned back <laughs> to show the underside of her long, thin nose where her, where her lips rested, puckering around the one tooth that breached its seal. <laughs> oh, he slid one hand through the front of her dress to fondle one of her many curved nipples. Uh, he could feel her breathing become more intense. Oh, she slid herself over him so that her, her legs were now almost straddling him. If he could uh, get her pregnant... He knew she would have to marry him, and it looked like the ball was in his court. <laughs> All he had to do was lift her dress up and funnel his way up into her cloaca. <laughs> That's when he felt something soft and fleshy slap against his dick. Yeah, he thought it was probably, uh, possibly Marianne was clumsily attempting to lick along his skin until he, uh, until he heard a scream. He pulled back and put his hand to the affected area, and he could feel something small and furry flapping against him with fleshy appendages. Marianne pulled back, her long fingers tapping awkwardly against her narrow face in horror. We shouldn't be fingering and pinching before marriage, she said. This is a curse bestowed upon us by Christ from your witchcraft. You've slid your grotesque worms along my silken nipples with the power of your spells. You're a witch. You're a, a man-witch. As she ran, John, confused but only knowing that something was horribly wrong, bolted in the opposite direction. Oh, he felt his way frantically through the peach trees, slapping away the gnats and mosquitoes till he finally stopped at a cottage window. <laughs> there, in the reflecting, uh, reflection, he saw the hideous shape of a small fruit bat with his face buried in the nape of his neck. Ah, as he screamed, a person rose from behind the cottage window to look at him. It was a small boy. His eyes grew wider as he screamed at the grotesque man that looked back at him. Uh, don't look at me, John screamed, turning as he run back in the mansion on the forested tip estate. There, we established what the name of the estate is. <laughs> 
The doctors knew that you should never remove an object that had pierced your skin until you're in the presence of a professional who could treat it and stop the bleeding. Though, since none of them were able to stop the bleeding, they knew that they weren't professionals and refused to remove the bat. <laughs> the best they could offer was to apply leeches to the bat in hopes that its blood would become clean thinking that maybe it would just go away. But the blood that was sucked from the small frame only made it more hungry for the blood that coursed through John's body. He was told he would have to live with it. And at that point, it would have, uh, get, uh, they would have to get full and hopefully move on. But every morning when he uh, awoke, it was there. Every night when he supped, it was there. <laughs> and when he laid down to rest at the end of the night, it also slept. There seemed to be no end to his torment. Specialists told him to wear scratchier clothes uh, to change his diet. But when he went into town to purchase carrots and leeks, uh, the others pointed and fled from him. Even Marianne's letters trickled until they stopped arriving altogether. And after a while, he resigned himself to never leave his state again. John rose from his warm leather chair and opened the French doors out onto his lush gardens. Though he was a creature trapped in his mansion, he still appreciated the finer things, the statued boys slap-fighting in the fountain (laughs) with the water dribbling from their dinks, brushes sculpted sculpted by day laborers to look like gazelles and fussy uh, puppies, and uh, and all the hostas. Oh, he rang a small bell on a patio table, and a butler came out with a single glass of wine, which he handed to John, then proceeded to unbutton his blouse down to his navel and wiped the bat poop off his collar. A warm breeze blew across John's wet chest. Oh, he could feel the sweat cooling under the air's gentle caress, and he was instantly taken back to the days before uh, the bat when he would take pause to reflect before a night of making sex. Oh, he felt a hint of being young again, an echo of the vibrance he once took for granted. Oh, he felt for a moment that he could hold on to that and make it his again. Then the bat shat a little bit in his mouth before twisting his body to squirt down his collarbone and across his nipples. <laughs> I love that we love our own stuff. I can't stop saying that. We're thoroughly enjoying our own writing. <clears throat> enjoying the night? Gotta be tough with the smell of bat shit on your chest, bat boy, a voice said from behind the fountain. Damn you, uh, Mate- Mateo Gibbs? It's Mateo, right? Mateo. Damn you, Mateo Gibbs. Why do you vex me? John said, the bat making a small fart against his neck. (laughs) Why would you spend your afterlife tormenting me? Mateo emerged from behind the peeing boys, rubbing his little hands together and giggling with his chin buried into his neck. My life was spent in quiet desperation, working as a reseller for a leather merchant. No one noticed me. No one even talked to me. And even if they did, eh... What would I tell them? My life was so inconsequential that I have nothing to offer beyond the ebbs and flows of the leather industry. Mateo sat down on the edge of the fountain, a stream of water from a stone dork passing through his (laughs) incorporeal form. He planted his fleshy hands on his knees and gazed, lost in the twilight sky. John, uncomfortable with intimate moments uh, where people share their personal lives, began to uh, feel gas bubbling up from deep inside his bowels. (laughs) I wished for death. But I was too much of a coward to end my own life. I laid in bed each night, willing for my own heart to stop. Disappointed when I woke each morning. One day, I was trying to impress a woman in my store by awkwardly attempting to juggle three leather purses. (laughs) Oh, it was clumsy. And as soon as I committed the act, I regretted it. I didn't know how to save myself, how to halt, uh, to exit the situation. I created 
in a way where it all seemed intentional. Each sloppy grasp and release of a purse suspended in the air was another stamp on my inability to connect with another human being and my desperate, desperate need to be loved by a woman. And yet I continued on. I could see her face as she wanted desperately to leave, but not even my offending hands could give either of us escape by dropping a single leather good. We both sat there with expressions of pity and sadness <laughs> carved in our faces until God finally granted me the freedom in the form of a leather strap sliding itself down my throat from a poorly timed inhale in a poorly positioned leather bag brushing across my forehead. I began to choke and rejoice. The woman tried to extract the bag from my face as it was pulled further and further down my open mouth, but I held her I held her hand firmly at first, but as she could see from my pleading look in my eyes, and as the <laughs> gurgling sounds emitting deep within my throat, she knew this is what I wanted. <laughs> I relaxed my grip, and she gently held my hand as everything slowly turned black. I welcomed death as a blessing, and I made three dots at the end of that. At that moment, John, after struggling to keep his nervous gas in, let out a long, high-pitched fart. Oh, uh, <laughs> ah, boy, what a blessing, Mateo said, tapping his feet and clapping his hands. Uh, maybe you just have to change your attitude, another ghost said, materializing next to John, wearing a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses. <laughs> he made his entrance, spinning in place on a proto-skateboard while cracking open a snuff box and taking a hit. <laughs> Uh, think of it more as a wet t-shirt contest for one. <laughs> Maximilian Hamilton, you always have a way of making things look inconsequential and gay, John said. You ghosts are great. But how am I going to find love with this bat on my neck? When you were hot, you used to frequent the public baths here in Chugwater, Georgia. We established that, too. <laughs> You were there every day, showing off your wispy legs and your broad chest, Maximilian said, pinching another fingerful of snuff and hilariously placing it into his ear before sneezing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you hit the waters again, you'll, you'll, you'll get the townsfolk desensitized to your bat, and you can find a sweet hard body to make skins with. <laughs> yes, Mateo said, clapping and bouncing on the edge of the fountain. Yes, go, show yourself to the... Townspeople again. <laughs> you know what, Mateo Gibbs? I am going to go to the public baths, and they will appreciate me again, and I won't let this bat ruin my life. That's the dot, dot, dot spirit, Maximilian said, <laughs> looking eagerly to John. Oh, this is going to be rich, Mateo said, dusting off the seat of his pants as he stood up. Let's go first thing in the morning, and I'll bring my daguerreotype. I don't want to miss a moment of this. John farted. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of chapter one. <laughs> oh, God, I love it so much. Oh, I'm glad you like it. It's It's because it's our podcast. I'm glad you like no. it. Because <laughs> we're going to keep doing it, so I'm glad you don't think it sucks. No, I think it's gorgeous. So we have our... <laughs> we have everything defined that we need for the base of the story. We got that. Now, chapter two, we kind of talked about this the other day. Like, what the hell's chapter two going to be? And we're saying what? So let's define uh, the public pool space, maybe the type of people who frequent the pool. Um, and then he's going to meet his love interest. What's her name? Hattie? Uh, Miss Hattie Shannon. Oh, Miss Hattie Shannon. Okay, so... Chapter two is going to be him heading down the town in Chugwater, and he's going to go to the public pool. He's yeah. going to take off his pirate blouse and expose the bat. I think we should set up that she's interested in him. Maybe we can um, set 
you know, lay down a, a few clues that make it seem like maybe she has an ulterior motive for being that's interested good point. in him. That's a big uh, thing. Because she may or may not be a gold digger, but so is he. Is she already in the water? Are these public pool peasants already <laughs> used to a ghost just already in the pool every day all day long? <laughs> or is it that she materializes when he gets there? What well, should we do with that? We could always have him go to the pool. He's glistening in the sun. His pale, creamy feet and thin legs. <laughs> Tiny little custards dipping are, in the water. Are out. And we can have him have a, a not so good reception. No, everyone should, yeah, probably and like squeal and turn away. So he either hides in those cement bathrooms that are always wet <laughs> until <Yeah>. nighttime. <laughs> as when wet as him. It's yeah. the only place he feels comfortable is a dark, wet place. Dark and damp. <laughs> Where his body feels perfect in the environment. Right? It's always gray chipping paint on cinder block. That's true. I love that. This is also, this wet. is 1708. Yes. So they have cinder blocks <laughs> with paint that's shipping on them, like the 1970s. Exactly. <laughs> that's fine. And um, then um, he he's despondent. Um, so maybe the sun sets, everyone goes home for the night to go have dinner. Mm-hmm. So he's alone at the pool. So he stays there and all he day. Decides, <laughs> yeah, because he can't leave or else... The, <clears throat> He can't leave or else they're going to make fun of him. I, I do like the idea of him staying there, like, just out of pride. Like, I'm not leaving. and just stays there until the sun's setting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the last one out. So then does she finally emerge and present herself to him? Why would she emerge so late and what? why him? Well, I'm imagining that um, maybe he comes out of the bathroom after crying all day and giving him a pep, himself a pep talk. And he's finally going to come out. Yeah. But he does, and it's evening, and everyone's left. Okay. So he kind of sits down and sticks his feet in the water because he just doesn't know what to do with himself. There's a beautiful ghost, Hattie Hattie Shannon, Mm -hmm. and she's naked bathing in the pool. Okay, but does he know she's a ghost? she's sensually bathing. Have you... What... what, um, Oh, gosh. It's a webcomic. I forget what it's called, but it's very sexy. And there's, <laughs> what is this webcomic you're not letting me know about? <laughs> I'm not, not letting you know about it. What kind of sexy webcomics are you visiting on a regular basis? It's a very popular one. So there's this one where uh, some woman is uh, bathing in a river sensually and, you know, with her head tilted and her body contorted so you can see her breasts and she's sensually washing her hair. And she's thinking... Oh, if only I didn't have to sensually wash myself like this. And then someone comes along and I have to have sex and then I have to get clean again. And then she looks over and there's some woman like uh, just scrubbing her crotch. She's like, what are you doing? She's like, bathing. So then they're both scrubbing themselves like under the arms, scrubbing. And some guy looks and she's blowing a snot rocket. It's really funny. So she's not there to show off her body and try to find a mate. She's just there to literally wash. Maybe maybe we need to flesh her out a tiny bit. What's her motivation for getting out of the public pool? So if she's there to like kind of wash herself, because that's the only spot she could be in as a ghost, for some reason her ghost reason is I have to be at this pool. It's the only public pool that I can wash myself as a ghost instead of like a lake or a river, whatever we come up with. But then she has to have a motivation for it. He's sad and maybe he lets on about his money or his home that he lives in. Then she's like, this is a guy where I can bathe privately all the time at his place. Oh. So we give her a little bit of a motivation. 
So I guess we have to decide mm. how and how she died. Did she die at the pool? Good point. Um, well, that'd be easy. But now we have her bathing at a pool. So is it that did she die bathing? Something like bathing is a high priority in her life. So even after death, she's constantly bathing. I don't know. Something is she like a Lady Macbeth type? Out damn spot. <laughs> oh, sure. I'm always filthy. What would be her filth? Not murder. Would it be? Maybe she worked. Maybe she used to work at the, um, the convenience store associated with the pool, or with the baths. Oh, okay. So, so she's she always the selling store. hot dogs, and her hands are always sticky from ketchup. <laughs> and she resents how all these young boys are like, I want another hot dog, please. But they didn't have the technology back then to scoop it out with any kind of tongs. So she had to stick her hands and just grab all these wet wieners. So she just smells this, of hot dog They're water. slipping out of her hands and all these little boys would giggle and like, yeah, I want another hot dog. She's like, ugh. She knew what they were doing, <laughs> but she's also paid to get hot dogs for people. <laughs> so yeah, her hands were very sticky and wet with like hot, hot dog juice from the big <laughs> hot buckets. <laughs> we should also have her longingly say uh, even though now I can't eat there's nothing I want more than a hot dog <laughs> <laughs> well she could never afford them before That's they would true. never give her free hot dogs because oh. it's 1708 so she's so just she's like a, a poor woman who just wants hot dogs mm-hmm. she's, o- she's only served them all her life she's never had one Yep. okay so now when she's dead she's constantly Getting it because maybe that's what she used to do. Like when the the pool was closed, she'd get in the pool water, just wash her hands and her arms and chest. Maybe we can write a sexy part about how that all that hot steaming hot dog water would scald her breasts. Oh, the the uh, steam the from steam the hot dog cauldron got all over her face and her hair. Yeah, because that's the other thing. I keep forgetting that we got to keep injecting sex in every goddamn chapter. This is I a know. paranormal romance. It's supposed we don't, to be smut. I know. So we, we got the we got a little bit of the sex in the first chapter. The but steam from the hot dog cauldron afforded her smooth, <laughs> moist skin. <laughs> okay, so she's maybe in there. Maybe she should, maybe when he introduces himself, she recognizes his name and thinks he has money and doesn't think to ask. Stiff Pemberton? Sure. Yeah. Everyone around town knows about him. Everyone in Chugwater knows about <laughs> Stiff Pemberton up on the forested tip mountain place. So she recognizes his name and thinks that she can... A younger version of him flipped the coin in the water. Oh, beautiful. There we go. So that's why she latches onto him, both out of anger and also that he is her opportunity to wash thoroughly the hot dog water and also finally eat those hot dogs. So she gets a second chance. She, she sees gets a, a, second as chance a second chance with the person that inadvertently caused her death. So obviously he's going to get sexed in. Uh, sexed in. He's, he's going to get sucked in. Yeah. They have a tryst. Late at night after everyone's left, right. he's dibbling his little custards in the water. <laughs> she emerges washing herself. And then, uh, then what do they do? What's their first conversation? That's a good point. Uh, what? How do they interact? Instead of her just like, you're hot, and then they have sex right away. There's got to be something. So I think she should be going through her routine just kind of ignoring him. Yep. And then he thinks, well, if I go back now, Maximilian is going to you know, make fun of me. True. Because he didn't have faith in me. <clears throat> and yep. there's nothing to do but just jump in feet first. 
So Custard he decides first. to amble up to her mm-hmm. and say, oh, good evening, madam. <laughs> I am John Stith Pemberton. And then the bat shits. <laughs> and he goes, I am sorry, right? madam. <laughs> and then she's like, I don't care. <laughs> Did you say Stith Pemberton? Yeah, there you go. And she goes, and he goes, well, yes. And just lets the uh, confusion happen. What is it? Miss, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I have no idea. Okay. So. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, So he just lets it happen because she looks interested in him now. Mm. And he's just so touch starved and hungry for affection and attention that she maybe uh, says, oh, oh, yeah. And she does one of these. Like yeah. showing the boobs, you know, a when you're bit. trying to yeah. get someone's attention, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Oh, yeah, me." I mean, you're I've never had me? that. I try to you? thrust my hips out at them. I don't understand what I could do, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I think the male version might be like subtly flexing. Oh, that's a good point. Can you imagine what I look like if I tried to flex? Do it. Can you even tell there's a difference? There's yes. no difference. There's, there's no difference, difference at all. Nah, you're being complimentary because I'm letting you live here. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't do that, then I'm going to kick you out. It's back to Jersey for you. <laughs> well, in either case, uh, sure, maybe, maybe she realizes who he is right away when he says his name. And then she's like, there was once a boy with the same name that flipped a quarter and that caused my death. But he's so horny and so desperate that he doesn't understand a word she's saying and just talks over her. Just like every episode of uh, Temptation Island that you've made me watch, (laughs) where the women say clearly, you make me really unhappy. You're manipulative, and I don't like how you talk over me. And then they interrupt the woman and go yes. like, anyways, baby, look, we got a great connection going on. <laughs> <laughs> We're just meant to be, baby. Yeah, exactly. Baby, 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 be my baby, baby. Well, that guy, yeah, that's that guy who's proposing to her, like, be my baby, baby. <laughs> be my <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> and then... <laughs> In this tiny and little, like, Muppet face. Anytime so he realized it wasn't going his way, he would just scrunch his face up like he just had a bunch of warheads. <laughs> So we've already established <laughs> that she, okay, so she might, we, we, she might say, hey, someone with your name caused my death. And he's just like, yeah, so anyways, like, uh, do you want me to, like, take my shirt off? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He's like, he's not listening to her because he's still an asshole. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. She'll say, hear my tale of woe. And then he interrupts And her. he's, like, rubbing his nipples the whole time she's speaking. Stroking his bat. Yeah. <laughs> Stroking <Exactly>. his <laughs> bat. <laughs> the bat's got a little small erection. She finishes her story and he's like, I'm so hard right now. And also, it just occurred to me how hilarious it would be if he has a poop fetish or a pee fetish. I'm sorry. <laughs> he likes water sports. Water sports! Oh, so he wants her to pee on him. If we can figure out how to shoehorn this in, he's got a fetish where he wants to be peed on, but all it is is just water spraying on him because she's a water ghost. There's no year in there. I'm just putting water sports with many question marks. Okay, we'll figure that one out. we got to figure out how we... <laughs> is it worth working in or not? Because it's a funny... It's not funny. It's just a very easy joke to make because she's a water ghost. She's made of water. Right. And he has a, a piss fetish. And lucky for him, she's all urine. Or all water, I guess. All hot dog water. All hot dog water. Yeah, and she smells. Maybe She her smells water, like hot dogs. Even her though waters. she's in the pool and she's made of water, it still smells like... Greasy hot dogs. dogs. And he's like, pee on me. And she does, but it's just more water. 
I, I think if we do that, we shouldn't mention any prior knowledge. We shouldn't say, you know, John had had this kink for a long time. That's and a good it's never point. Been, I think we should just drop it like a bomb. So it hits. Maybe she throws it on him. Because also, she's not going to finish him to completion. Because the whole thing is, she's doing the Anna Nicole Smith thing. Like, I'm taking advantage of a wealthy man. And so she's like, yeah, you want me to whatever. We'll figure, we're going to have to figure out what the sex is going to be. But, like, then she's like, and then she peed on him. And all this hot dog water from her crotch <laughs> sprayed all over his face. But it's just more water, basically. It's just water with a faint smack of hot dog. How about uh, we have her seduce him because he's clearly not listening to anything she's saying. Yeah. So she figures whatever, the best way to get to this idiot is through his dick. Yeah. So, so what does she do? It's gotta be something funny. It can't be something like real sexy. I don't want to write about real sex in this story. I th- <laughs> I don't want to get hard writing this. <laughs> I think you're supposed to. I've I don't read want to. So- I've read <laughs> I've read something that when you're trying to write erotica, it should work you up. And if it doesn't work you up, then it's bad erotica. But we're trying to write bad erotica. Uh, So he's rubbing his nipples while she's talking about how she died and the woes of not having the money to access hot dogs. Sure, but he's not listening. He's not listening. He's just stroking himself. Sure. Looking at her watery form. Mm, Yes. And then... Then what does she do? Like, what does she do and does not finish before peeing on him? Because that'd be the big fuck you at the end. And then she lifted one leg and just pissed all over (laughs) him. (laughs) And it smelled of hot dog water. (laughs) Yeah. How do we make that transition? How about he kisses her to stop her from talking? Because (laughs) men like to do that in rom-coms. Sure. Oh, do they? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yes. So he kisses her. Because she's talking to him. Maybe she's in the middle of telling her story. Yes. About how, like, this is how I died, and this is what all I've ever wanted, just to have one goddamn hot dog. I was too poor, and I did this for a living. And then I, I spend the rest of eternity washing all this, like, burning hot dog, hot dog juice off of me. And then he just leans in to kiss her to shut her up because he's an asshole. Okay, Perfect and transition. Then, and she figures, you know what, this guy might be useful. Sure. So she decides to go all in on him. Yeah. Plus she wants revenge because he was inadvertently the person that killed her by tossing the coin in. Right. Because he's a dumb little rich kid. Right. Okay, so then fine, we got that. Uh, And then she grinds on him. I think there should be some kind of sex act that happens that's got to be weird. Uh, What is the quality of... Water that is sexy. The way it feels against your skin. The moistness. Your nude skin. The viscosity. The viscosity. <laughs> the surface tension. <gasps> the fluid dynamics. <laughs> I'm just writing this all down. Fluid dynamics, surface tension. Maybe instead of, um, so these kids, these 13 and whatever kids, they're, they're 13 years old or whatever, and they're like, yeah, grab more hot dogs, like watching a, a, a teenager grab hot dogs and stuff. So that's the whole thing. That's the reason why Pemberton or whatever, he flips a quarter because he's just being an asshole kid or whatever. So she's got that going on. But the one thing that makes her stand out is she's got beautiful hair, long, flowing hair. But now that she's a ghost... That beautiful hair is just all flowing water. So she keeps, like, brushing and just flowing her hair around his crotch. And so all that fluid dynamics and viscosity is just going all over. And he's like, oh, 
oh, I never knew I wanted to fuck hair before. <laughs> hair job. Got hair it. Hair job. There we go. That's a weird thing we can use. And then... Does he say, I have a sausage you can have? <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he says that, it makes her angry enough. She dry heaves, so she has to turn away from him. And, then and just, that's when her hair brushes him. And oh. he's, all, he's all turned on. There you go. That's when the hair job happens. Does she piss on him, or are we going to leave that one behind? She can piss on him at some point. I feel like piss should happen. Yeah, not right away. Because I think that's hilarious. uh, We've established the sex scene for the most part. Let's get to make it up as we start writing it. Um, And then afterwards, he's proud of himself. But he, he never got the hair all over the penis. She stops and goes, no, it's my time to go, and, like, disappears into the water. And then he's like, oh, I'll come back tomorrow or something. Wait, how can I see you? Yeah, oh, what's she, what's she going to say? Like, when can I see you again? She's going to be like, when the, the moon is in a gibbous? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, she, that could be her cue then to say, oh, well, maybe the sucker can do something for me. That's true. You know, maybe he goes like, "When can I see you again? I have money." <laughs> and then she's like, "Finally, my own pool." <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, and then she'll say, "Well, fancy people have their own pools." There we go. I'm sure this man is loaded with hot dogs, dude. Does so, she, or should we make her genuinely like him and not be hate fucking him? Well, then she, do they should, see something in each other where they're both wanting? Maybe that's a conflict. We got conflicts happening all over the place. Okay, so instead of him being the one that flipped a quarter in the barrel and she knows it from the beginning, maybe she finds out later, mm. which causes her own conflict of can I love someone that like was just a dumb little rich 12-year-old that ultimately had me killed by accident. Right. Um, so that becomes so we can save that for later. That's okay. a little juicy tidbit we save for later. Juicy. In this case, she just wants to get with a guy uh, and then they, they get together and she uses his hair, but not to completion. Um, not out of anger fucking. So she just doesn't because what something happens with the moon or the sun rising or something where she's got to go. So it's not to completion. But then after that, she might realize who he is and what he did and then never let him have completion. I think she should tr- like he kisses her to cut her off and she should just be like, well, he's an idiot, but he has the thinnest legs. <laughs> Just bring that back around. Sure. Okay. So they have their brief little tryst, and then she says, I must go. So after that, he goes back home uh, to his mansion with the ghosts. And you had something that we were driving in the car the other day, and you said, it'd be funny if you he has this mansion, oh. and we kept coming up with different <laughs> room names. Yeah. Explain that. Like, he, he comes home. Uh, maybe the ghosts greet him in the foyer. And then the clock strikes whatever time. Mm. And they say, oh, this is a conversation for the smoking room. So they all scurry over to the smoking (laughs) room to complete the conversation. (laughs) And the drawing Um, room. And the library. (laughs) But then maybe his stomach rumbles and they're like, oh, let us us sup in the supper room. (laughs) And then they all scurry over there. (laughs) So the conversation when he's trying to tell them what happened keeps getting cut off. Like, well, now it's time for us to sup (laughs) in the dining hall. And we have get up and, go. and now we shall go to the smoking room. <laughs> yep, exactly. And so, like, as he retells the story that we just read, that's kind of the best part. 
Right. We read all of this, but we have to spend the rest of the chapter retelling what was already read. <laughs> but it also keeps getting it's broken like up for room each room. room. Yeah. So like it just drags on forever so that the reader is just exhausted by the end of it. <laughs> and like as he like lays down to bed in his bedding room, that the and the ghost like, and then what happened? And then she left. And I said, uh, when can I see you again? And she's like, When the moon is gibbous or whatever the whatever our deal is gonna be. When can she meet him again? I feel like she should be... Maybe a condition of some sort? So if it's Gibbous, we'll have to wait again a whole month. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so maybe Twilight every night? Because pools close at Twilight. Pools close at Twilight. Back where I used to live, we had a pool, and it always said, this pool closes at Twilight. I'm like, what time is Twilight? It doesn't make any sense. It changes so depending big. on the, the week, the month. I know. It's ridiculous. Couple There's minutes no set every time day, for Twilight. It changes. So, um, yeah, she could just be like, I'll see you again at Twilight. And so that's maybe when she, before she died, that was always at Twilight. The pool cleared out because that's the rules. Get out of Twilight. So then she'd wash herself in the pool. Okay. There you go. Let's do Twilight. So when are you going to see her again? As he's laying his head down in bed and the ghosts are like, when are you going to see her again? At Twilight. Tomorrow. <laughs> like, mm. And then, uh, of course, the Newman character's got to say something horrible, but. Yeah. Something sassy. Maybe he's the one that planted in um, hmm. John's head that Hattie is after his money <gasps> and his family name. Oh, because does he shout, I have money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then she carries that with her. She goes back into the, the, the ether. Right. Oh, then he goes, like, you shouted, you have money. Well, now she's only after you for your money or something like that. And he's like, oh, is she? Okay, there you go. We have to get John. Now, at this point, once this chapter's written, we're going to have to get to the point where Hattie suggests to John that if he had a, his own private pool, she could move there. And, uh, you know, they could live this fabulous life together. Yeah. Um. And then maybe John agrees because he doesn't want her to know that his money is dwindling. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's desperately trying to scramble to come up with all of these failed ventures. Okay. To make more money. All right. So the next so chapter is defining that. that she wants the pool. He's right. got to start scrambling. And he realizes that the bat poop on his neck could be a benefit for once in his life. And he's going to go for... I, th- I Didn't we talk at one point that he's going to go for... <clears throat> like because of the newspaper and the back of it with the fish and the, the sawdust and that's how like fertilizer was made back then you yeah. actually looked that up god bless you <laughs> uh, and so then he'll be like but poop is the best fertilizer bat poop is the best fertilizer and so then he's going to try and make that which yeah. doesn't pan out because the fish and wood dust industry is completely <laughs> screwing him over <laughs> wood ash lobby yeah. comes and takes him down even though bat guano uh, was used throughout South America for fertilizer. See? And so he'll keep bringing that point up and, like, nobody cares. <laughs> no one cares. Maybe even, like, one of the like the lobbyists where he's, like, trying to, like, work the Senate. Just, like, you got to start promoting this. Like, make laws that promote bat guano as a cheaper alternative. Like, give me a tax credit or something. Right? And, like, one of the senators just starts kissing him because they don't want to hear him talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. Write that down. <clears throat> but then, yeah. Uh, and then eventually, even though his bat guano fertilizer thing doesn't work out, he does spill a bunch of it into a, some pool water and it becomes Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening. Got anything else you want to add? No, I think. 
think we're set. I'm looking forward to it. I know. We have to sit down and write this thing. We have an hour limit. Can't write for longer than an hour. It's no. going to be under an hour. It's going to be beautiful. And it gets real, real sloppy. <laughs> well, all right. Thanks for listening. Uh, Gertrude, as always, you are stunning. Oh, you're gorgeous. You saw me flex earlier, and you told me it looks. Flex. It doesn't look like uh, it lo- there's a definitely a difference. Forms. Yeah, thanks. Thick. I've been wet. I'm wet all the time. Like My mom a, used to worry about my glands. Tree branch. Yeah, like a what? Hard, well, tune in next week as we move on. Sturdy, reliable. <laughs> Hang a swing off you. Bye. Want to contact us? Don't. This isn't about you. But if you have to, my email is glenn.nuzzles, N-U-Z-Z-L-E-S, at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, uh, at House Nuzzle. Uh, but don't bother us, because we're too busy working. <laughs>